Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 95, Repeatable Parent-Taught Lesson Plans. That's right, today we're going to be talking about the swimming lesson plans offered in the all-access membership or for purchase as a PDF on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com. You'll notice if you've been a follower or checking out the latest lesson plans, we've moved from a daily progression plan for Parent Tot into a repeatable same lesson plan every class. Find out why in this episode. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are talking about the repeatable Parent Tot lesson plans. Now, Parent Tot lesson plans are for Swimmers that are six months old to three years. The parent must get in the water with them, and we have an instructor in water and on deck helping with this class. Now, you may be asking yourself, how are you running a swimming lesson parent-taught class with six-month-olds to three years all in the same class? And the short answer is it makes it easier to schedule, uh, but also the the breadth of skills and ability levels are extremely variant and varied. And so there is an argument to separate the class into like a infant and a toddler section so that your six months olds to one month or, or one year and one and a half uh, is separated out from your one and a half to three years. And that's a valid argument. And I, I encourage people to take a look at that as you're looking at your swim lesson program. Uh, we generally just do six months to three years because using the lesson plans that I'm going to talk about today, we have a lot of depth to them. Uh, they're, they're narrow skills, but with lots of variance and depth in how you do those skills. And generally for an infant and a toddler, they're essentially the same, but with different just interactions based on who you're working with in the age of the swimmer. Uh, but generally, the, the activities, the play, the format, all applies to this age group. So we keep them together with success. So uh, why do we have a single sheet for repeating parent-taught classes? And that's what I want to talk about today and kind of go into the nuance and reasoning behind this. We're going to discuss what we used to do, uh, the struggles we saw with that, how we adapted and changed over time, and where we're at now, and why we've published this uh, one-page repeatable lesson plan for parent-taught swim lessons. So let's start with what we used to do. Uh, We used to follow the traditional progression of skills lesson plans where you would be taking a session of classes. Uh, Parents would enroll for six to eight weeks. We would have a six-day progression of skills. So each week, the swim instructor would be following the week a specific lesson plan. So week number one, week number two, or day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and following a progression of skills. So some songs would drop off, some songs would turn, show up, different skills would evolve over the six weeks. Um, We had some challenges with that. Some of those challenges were what I talked about already, and that is the children in the class, so the infants and the two-year-olds, didn't always mix well with that progression of lesson plans throughout like a session, so a six-week session where there was a different or distinct lesson plan per week or per lesson. Uh, 
swimmers that had been participating in the parent taught class for multiple sessions in a row, so one to two years, would progress and then all of a sudden have to reset at the next session. So there wasn't as much opportunity for this ongoing rolling enrollment. Uh, and it would be a jarring change because they those veteran parent taught swimmers would be bored with the introduction at the new start of the new session. And they would start ignoring our instructors and doing their own activities, which they already knew what to do because we'd done it with them for six to seven weeks and maybe 12 weeks already with them. So that was part, part of it. Another was that people would miss classes. So if you've had a toddler, if you have a child, or if you've worked with children, you know they get sick, there's challenges, there's differences, schedules don't always align. People need to take weeks off or they just decide not to show up. It's a very common thing and it's something that we need to address and uh, accommodate for in our offerings for swim lessons. And how we're running the program is if someone misses, if you're following this weekly progression of skills, it's extremely disruptive because you're introducing new skills at certain portions throughout the session uh, and subsequent skills rely on those introduce skills and you're not doing that in a way that is accommodating to everybody so it was a difficult way to handle the class and then the parents had very drastically uh, a next challenge we had parents had very drastically different abilities uh, so one parent from another was more competent in playing and teaching their child than another parent sometimes you have those uh, parents that come in the water and they're just as scared uh, as an adult and a parent as they were when they're kids uh, so that their anxiety and fear really manifests and makes their child cry out or they, they are upset or they don't want to be in the water uh, or the parent themselves don't like being wet or don't like being cold or, or in the water and then so that causes struggles and problems with their kids. So there's this very different ability level in the parents that are in the water with their children. And I think one of the main differences between my spouse and our child when we took them into the parent talk class was our comfort in being swim instructors and our comfort being in the water with children. Uh, and that, that's a subtle nuanced difference, but it's a very profound one because we're, we don't have any hesitation. We don't have any I mean, a little bit of anxiety when we were bringing our daughter into the pool, but not to the level of someone who's never done it before and who's trying to follow a lesson provided by perhaps a teenager or, or a uh, recent new college graduate or maybe someone just starting as an aquatic professional. So there's this this anxiety of being in a class as a parent and then not knowing what to do if you've never done it before knowing what to do and the uncertainty of oh gosh now i'm in the water i'm wearing a bathing suit there's all these people here uh, now i also have to take care of my kid i had to change them bring them on the pool deck you know what happens if their diaper leaks like all these things play into the the feelings and the performance of the parent in the water, which I think I used to forget about, and now I'm much more aware of it, having been in that situation and understanding it more from a per, uh, participant perspective. So parents have a very drastically different abilities. So that was one of the challenges of that 
session-based enrollment uh, lesson plans where you have you know six lesson plans and you're following them each week or each lesson Another one was that not all parents were interested in participating, so they would show up, but they didn't necessarily want to be that dynamically involved with their kids. Um, and I would say you have to be, because you have to be performative and excited and playful and with your children in the water to give them that joy of it. Um, and if you're not having fun, then they're not going to have fun either. So there's that interest level, in that, and that's kind of baked into our lesson plans to provide that, especially in this repeatable one. Uh, to address that but so the, the the level of interest in parents wasn't always there and for children as well sometimes they didn't want to swim or they didn't like the water or they were hesitating or they were angry or upset whatever you know outside influences for children could be any number of things uh, and then not everyone in, involved themselves in the lesson plans and I, I briefly mentioned this earlier is when we had our session-based lesson plans so one through six after uh, family had gone through the first six and then they signed up for the next class they were restarting at number one which is more basic things to gradually introduce parents into uh, teaching uh, teaching their kid and swimming with their kid in the water after they've reset that and we started day one again they got really bored and they wouldn't participate in our skills or activities they would jump into you know day five day six lesson plan stuff and start doing things on their own while and ignoring the instructor as they were trying to gather everyone to participate in the skills that we're always doing. Uh, we were introducing to the newer families that were just joining the class. So there's that varying level of involvement. Um, and, you know, we dealt with it. Like you, you dealt with it as you do. You're like, hey, come join us. And, you know, you do things that you can. But it was a pain point, right? It was a pain point where there was an opportunity for improvement. Uh, and then the next challenge that we faced was that new instructors were not always as nuanced or familiar with the progression of skills. So six pages double-sided is a lot to kind of absorb for a part-time job, um, especially if you are in high school or college or, or a new aquatic professional. Maybe you're not spending your entire time thinking about the specifics and nuances of how to run a parent-taught class and the uh, specific progression of skills. Uh, and which songs to play when and how it fits into the the overall flow of the class. So new instructors were not as familiar with it, so they sometimes got confused or uh, they would just read off the lesson plans without kind of connecting to the mastery or the understanding of why they were doing the things they were doing. Um, and then just the normal operational challenges of swim instructors with lesson plans you had to find which day you were on and remember it. And for some of our lessons, it's a weekly lesson. So our instructors would be like, well, what were we on last week? I can't remember, you know, ask the parents. Or if we had a sub that day, they're like, what day are we on? And then you have to flip through the book and pull out the correct one, uh, make sure it was laminated. If the laminating had been broken or broken down, then you got to get a new one. Uh, we've since moved to the Terra Slate plastic indestructible paper, which is phenomenal. Um, I strongly encourage you to purchase it. It works with any laser printer and we have printer friendly ink lesson plans. So the lesson plans part of the all access uh, membership. Um, you can print them uh, without destroying your printer ink uh, cartridges. A uh, lot less color and a lot less background stuff. So it's a lot easier for that. But 
we use these sheets now, and it's a really simple, it's just a single sheet, so you know what you're doing. And there may be more, you know, different ones or uh, beginner and advanced, you know, we're looking into it and testing it out, but for now there's this single sheet and it's been a fix for almost all these challenges that I've just talked about. Um, so what do we used to do? We used to do a TV hooked up, you know, plugged in on the pool deck. Uh, we would use like a smart device, whether it was a fire stick or a Chromecast or, you know, something else. And you go to the website, so swimminglessonsideas.com, log in, and then use the parent taught lesson plan. I think it's available for anybody right now. Um, if you go under blog and then parent taught activities, it should be just called parent taught. And we used to just use that. And it worked really well because we could play YouTube videos. We could show videos and images on how to do things. Uh, and uh, the speakers were not great, but they were effective enough. Because of a safety audit we had and the state audit uh, for you know getting our certification to be a, a pool, we had to remove the pool from the deck, which makes sense. It's it's a potential hazard, uh, could fall on someone. It was on a very sturdy rolling frame locked in place, but it, it is a potential hazard. So we removed it in the in the name of protecting people and the eventuality that it could fall over, get run into, or fall on someone. Uh, and so we had to get rid of that online form. So we needed to find a solution to still provide a lesson plan, still give uh, an example to our participants, and still provide songs uh, and make sure that the instructor wasn't just winging it when they were participating in the class. So we came up with this one sheet lesson plan. We're going to talk about what's in it today uh, and why it works and, and why it solves the problems. Uh, and just a side note here before I continue is that what we're going to do is get a projector and put it on a wall so that also with a Chromecast or a Fire Stick or something and then use um, your phone, which isn't as much of a hazard. So we'll have a work phone and then cast to the projector so it's projected onto the wall and then it's mounted. It's like a mounted thing up above and away from the pool deck in the water. So there's no hazard tripping, there's no falling in. It's it's anchored there and secured. And then we're just using a phone to scroll through the web page and using it again uh, and playing the YouTube videos and all that. So uh, that's what we'll be doing in the future. But until we get to that point, we're using these lesson plans. So why does the repeatable lesson plan work and why should you use it? And why is it worth you know spending money on buying this? So. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that it follows our, our tried and true formula of activity one, activity two, and then challenge. And in this case, for Parent Todd, it's a song slash group activity. And, you know, be, during our social, our, our, what is it, social isolation, I think is what it was, for uh, COVID-19, uh, we separated our participants into lanes, and we've continued doing that even after um, the social isolation has gone away. Uh, and it's because, you know, it's it's really nice to kind of be part of a group, but it's also nice to have your own spot to go to and not be overrun by other people. 
So we're still doing this, you know, sections off areas for people to participate. And then we come together and participate in a large group and we go back into our individual areas. Uh, and you can do this with the lanes or just designating specific spots for specific people to go to, as opposed to just a clump of people in a, in a pool. So, it is so the lesson plan follows our, our formula. And at the top of the page is the expectations for parents. And this is what the instructor should be telling to the parents or giving to the parents so that they can look at it. So the intent of the class is to establish fun and routine in order to build comfort and water joy. Uh, go slow, have fun, sing, play, laugh, and enjoy the water, and create a loving, encouraging environment for you and your child. Now practice these skills that we're gonna go through with lots of repetition, then play the games and songs as a group uh, and focus on individual practice and group play. So that's our instructions to the parents and our expectations for the parents, what the instructor should be communicating to them at the start of the class. And now this is, you might be paying attention if you are aware of this, but repetition, a loving, encouraging environment, and going slow and having fun. Those are hallmarks of how we run our swim lessons and how I recommend that you should run your lessons as well. Lots of opportunities for deliberate practice, interspersed with moments of joy, challenge, excitement, something new and different, and then resetting the person's interest and ability into now we're gonna practice, now we're gonna have fun. Now we're gonna practice, now we're gonna have fun. And that's where that activity one, activity two challenge for formula comes from, is this deliberate practice opportunity, deliberate practice opportunity, fun, challenge, excitement, and then restart it. Um, each activity that we have in the lesson plan is when they talk about like creating content for a podcast, for example, or creating content for a website like Swimming Ideas. You wanna pick a topic that is very narrow, so a specific niche or niche, in this case, swimming and swim lessons, but you want it to be very deep. Now, the nuance, like the how do you do everything in swim lessons, we can go super deep. You know, we can talk about the specific, like, where do you put your hands on a supported front float and the benefits of putting it around the shoulders or the chest or the hips or the kneecaps? Like, where do you put your hands when you're doing a supported front float and why one is better than the other and in what instance or circumstance do you do each? And there's a reason for each of those that I could talk about, but not in this, not now. So you want to have this depth to your topic in order to really the term is to go deep into it. That's what we do with these activities for parent-taught classes and why it's on one sheet. And let me give you an example here. So the first activity, activity one, is sit on the side and splash. Now, by itself, this is a very simple activity. It's a very simple skill. Sitting on the edge of the pool and kicking the water. Think in your head about an infant who can't sit up on their own or struggles to, and a parent just starting. They're, they may not get in the water, so there's, you have a parent and a child sitting on the edge, and the kid's feet aren't long enough to reach the pool deck or the water because, you know, for whatever reason, the lip of the pool is a little higher than the water surface. 
So then the parent has to get in the water. But now, okay, so that's with an infant, a six-month-old. Now let's imagine a three-year-old who has longer legs, better control over their body. The parent has maybe done this before, maybe not. The parent gets in, but now the kid, and they're standing in the shallow end, and the kid can splash the water, and they're splashing and laughing and kicking the water. So for this one activity, sit on the slide and splash, you have these two very different experiences on how that's going to look and how that's going to work. And that's why this one sheet is, is so useful for parent talk classes, because it applies to all ranges. You know, part of that challenge was that range of different, drastically different abilities. This activity works for all those abilities. Now, I know the, the specifics of the six-month-old, six one-year, two-year, three-year. Maybe or maybe not your instructor that's in high school is going to know this. But the parent will in, usually instinctively understand where their kid's going to be at. What the core thing is, and this is that 80-20 thing, so the 20% of things that are going to get the biggest results, that's what's on the one-sheet lesson plan. It just gives the, the least amount of information to provide maximum impact. So sit on the edge of the pool and kick the water. That's the instruction. And then sing the song, motorboat, motorboat, go so slow, motorboat, motorboat, go so fast, motorboat, motorboat, step on the gas. Now you can play this game in a bunch of different ways. The parent can play it with the, the infant, and the infant's just going to kind of like gurgle and maybe laugh and have fun with it. The three-year-old's going to have a blast because they're going to want to splash their parent. And if there's a lot of laughing, two-year-old, same thing, one-year-old, you know, not as much involvement. Uh, but that's an activity. It's, it's a pretty simple activity that has a lot of depth to it. So there's a lot of variation inside that activity that most parents will just instinctively understand and do with their kids without any further instruction from a high school swimmer or a high school instructor or, or older. Um, and that's, that's kind of the example of the depth and the simplicity of these skills is that each one of them, and there's eight, eight activities, there's eight activities on here, uh, each one of them has this level of depth to them where it applies to both the six-month-old swimmer, the one-year-old swimmer, the two-year-old, and the three-year-old, and the parents that go along with it. And the beauty of this is that as parents continue to participate in your swim lessons, we're establishing a habit of what we're doing. And it becomes familiar for the, swim, the parent, it becomes familiar for the swim instructor, and it becomes familiar for the child that's in the lesson. And setting expectations and having clear expectations of what's going to happen is very important to children because everything is overwhelming and new. And so the more repetitive we can be, the more comforting, comforting it can be for these younger swimmers that are entering into this vastly different environment. The water is very different than the rest of their lives. So having this regularity to it is a beneficial thing for the swimmers, the parents, and the instructors. But having the ability to do different things within that expected habit is where the strength of this lesson plan comes from. 
because that six-month-old is aging every week and they're getting better and better at sitting on the side and splashing and kicking their feet. The parent, as they participate in your lesson plans more, they're always going to know what to do first and it's familiar to slip into that glove and play the same game right away or do the same activity right away so they don't have to think about it and they can improve upon how they play motorboat motorboat with their child each week and you don't have to actually restart the class because the newer parents are going to do it with a little more difficulty but the more veteran parents that are sharing the same class are going to go right into it and they're going to know what to do and have fun with it uh, so each of these activities activities and songs uh, establishes a habit so each activity is narrow and very deep there's lots of opportunity to do it in different ways uh, from the beginner uh, to the master so activity one sit on the side and splash activity two review jumping in together uh, and that's you can a combination of teaching people how to do jumps into the water and into a hug uh, the instructions are hold the swimmers hands they stand on the deck or they sit on the deck and then you ask them, do you want to go underwater? And then listen to how they respond. And if they say no, don't let their head go underwater. And then you do your cueing. So one, two, three. And then go. And then pull them into a hug. If you can, get their lips in the water or their nose. We're doing the underwater progression here. Uh, shoulders, uh, neck, chin, lips, nose, eyes, and then whole face. So that's the underwater progression. So again, that even that skill, right? So the jumping in together has a huge range of variability. The six-month-old is just going to be held by the parent. They're going to do the cue, one, two, three, pull them into a hug, get them in the water. The parents that have been in your lessons for two years are going to be doing jumps into hugs and laughter and perhaps going underwater, maybe doing some front floats and then doing more jumps. So we have sit on the side and splashing, and then we have jumps into the pool. And then... I want to talk about some of the songs and how we use those on this single sheet. So a song is played at the end of every series of activities. So activity one, activity two, and then song. And a song is where we all get together and there's a QR code on the front of this page. Uh, it'll bring you to a website page that has a link to all the YouTube videos that play the song. So if you want to play it on a screen, you can. Uh, but if you also want to just play it with a uh, Bluetooth speaker, uh, you can do that too. And that's where our second instructor comes from, is they use the QR code, they click on the link, and they play the uh, music. So the first song is Ring Around the Rosie. And there are some instructions on what to do during the song is being played. Uh, and it's about establishing habit, establishing cueing, establishing routine. And then the kids expect these songs and they love them and they like hearing the same songs over and over again. And uh, because the more familiar with they are with a song, they know what to expect and that's why they like it. They can, they're enjoying the song to be played because they know what it is, they're familiar with it. And they're like, oh my gosh, in this vast world of new experiences, hear something that I know. And they, get, they derive pleasure from it, especially infants, toddlers, and uh, three-year-olds. So it's familiar for the parents. And each time a parent plays the, in the song with you and the rest of the group, they can do new things with their kid uh, to kind of make it exciting. So whether it's uh, bringing the child underwater when it's all fall down or themselves going underwater on all fall down or 
you know, doing the underwater progression with their child on the all fall down for ring around the rosy. Uh, and so they can do different levels of ability while still participating in a large group. And that's where this repeatable lesson planning becomes so effective is that we can have the six-month-olds, we can have the one-year, two-year, three-year-old all participating in the same group at the same time, listening to the same song, doing similar things, but with lots of different variation to that same activity. And so Ring Around the Rosie is a song for you know moving in a circle and going underwater. Each person can go to their comfort level of that activity. And this perpetuates throughout the rest of the lesson plan. Activity three, front floats with support. Activity four, throw a toy and get it. Song, number two, wheels on the bus. We're going to play it twice because kids love this song. Uh, and then doing different things during the wheels on the bus portion of it. So up and down, round and round, you know, moving your child in different ways. The beginner parents may be more clutching their child and scared to move, but the more advanced parents are going to be throwing their kid in the air, catching them at different parts when the, the kids on the bus go up and down when they hit a bump. So there's all this variation within these skills that are deep and, and that very narrow skills, but lots of depth to them. For the front float support, uh, you know, you can hold it like a football. You can hold it with your your palms up. You can hold the hips or the kneecaps or put the face in the water or not. All dependent on the specific ability level of each participant. And that continues through each of the lessons, activities, and songs. So like I said, there's eight activities and four songs. And the last thing we do is the hokey pokey, so it's at the end. And at the bottom of the page, there are two things that are a bit different than the rest of the lesson plans that we offer. And uh, on the front of the page is how to do front floats. So there's a, very similar to our visual swim skills, the swim sheets. Uh, there's the picture of how to hold a child with your palms up and hands on the shoulders. And then how do you do the football hold or the hands wrapped around the chest? And this is a tool that we can show to the participants in the water. We can show them and let them read the, read the sheet because we're on this indestructible paper. Or the instructor can get a visual cue and understanding of, okay, how do I do this particular skill that's super important? And then demonstrate it with the kids or to the parents uh, individually or as a group. There's also a brief description on what do you want to do if you want to do your own stuff. So make sure the flow of the class is activity, activity, song. Uh, and focusing on playing games and singing songs as a group and doing the activities individually on their own. Um, give instructions in between the games and the songs. And then say how many times set expectations. Uh, so these are instructions to the instructor on how to run the class well. Um, same with the back side of the page. There's back floats and, and the, how to do the different handholds for it on this activity sheet. Uh, and then a London Bridge activity. This is a game, so if you have those large mats, uh, you can send your swimmers through. You sing the London Bridge song and slowly lower the bridge, and the kids really enjoy that. So if you have access to that, that's, that's on there as well as a supplemental activity or a game. Now, we've used this for six months I believe now and it's been fantastic it's been super effective um, we've had a lot of positive results and feedback with it and it's now available to subscribers 
but this is kind of the it's it's an exciting thing because it's relatively simple on its face. It's eight activities and four songs. But you know, as as you are listening to me talk about this, you're hearing that there's lots of depth to each activity. You can do a lot of different things within each activity. Front Floats has lots of opportunity to do it in a different way. And as your instructors get more familiar with running this class, as your parents and participants become more familiar with participating in the class, their mastery of these skills grows and grows and their comfort level improves. And by the time they're in your level one class, that should be a brief play underwater, be comfortable being supported by a stranger, move into level two fairly quickly. And that's where this, this natural flow of, of skills comes from in our level structure is parent-taught, guppies if you want to introduce that for your two to four-year-olds, if you have a shallow enough pool, and then levels one, two, three, four, and then eventually developmental swim team. So I'm really excited about this parent-taught repeatable lesson plan. It's, it's extremely effective. Uh, the QR code works really well for providing the songs for each of the songs on the list. It just requires a phone uh, or, um, I mean, once you've used the QR code, you know, it, it, you can use it on any device, but it gives you the songs that you can play during your time, or if you're familiar with the lyrics, you can do it on your own as a group. Uh, but it's an exciting one. Uh, I know it's available for you now on the uh, all-access plans, or you can purchase it individually if that's what you want to choose. So I want to think, you know, ask you a question here. Do you use a repeatable lesson plan for parent-taught lessons? And if you do, what are your skills and songs that you always do at the same time every lesson? Go ahead and connect with me on, uh, on the website. So if you go to swimminglessonsideas.com, scroll down to the bottom and say, ask a question, you can just send your comment on there. Or if you're on Spotify, there's a way to answer it in the, uh, I think in the app. So thank you for listening. Uh, tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care.